Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network. 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Tuesday, May the 9th, is what Steve Jobs says on my phone. Oh. 2017. Uh, I'm Jake Marsing, Denver Broncos beat writer and managing editor over at 5280sportsnetwork.com. Joined, as always, by uh, the great Ryan Green. Aw. I didn't, Such positivity been, on today. I've been waiting to, to give you that title, but I think you've earned it after 65 of these, 66, 67 of these. Yeah, we're done. pushing it. We got to do. You, are you counting to like when we get to 100? Are we gonna have a big show on on the 100? We'll, we'll get a guest. We'll get for 100. We'll get Nate and Sean on here. We'll do a, a bar cast. Well, yeah, they're doing like shows at Blake Street or wherever. Right, they right. Haters and That's where we should do it. We're we're stuck here in a truck. It, <laughs> Smells a little funny doing. We'll have a tailgate podcast. Okay, we'll go to we'll go to Invesco, just hang out in the parking lot as if we were tailgating. Yeah, that'll Anyways. work. Uh, but no, we are out here at the UC Health Training Center. As you can hear, we're not on the studio mics. We'll be get we'll get back in the studio someday. Okay, but it's uh, convenient enough for us out here to just sit out and talk about what we saw. Broncos continuing uh, OTAs, their off season workout program. A voluntary OTA is still going on. Ronald Leary, Max Garcia spoke to the media today. We did not get the chance to watch any of this OTA practice. Uh, we've only gotten to watch a little bit of OTA practice, actually. Right. Most of it has been like this, where they just practice and then they come in and talk to us afterwards. Yeah. But we've had a total of, what two days out there that we've seen them. Yeah. Um, so I like I'd love to be able to give people insight on how this team looks or how things are shaping out. But you just can't at this point. Mm-hmm. All that we can tell you is what they're telling us. And Ron O'Leary and uh, Max Garcia spoke to the media today, and I, I thought it was interesting to hear from those two guys talk about the physicality that they're developing along the offensive line, about the camaraderie along the offensive line, about whether you need chemistry along the line, all those things. You can check out the video that Ryan and I just recorded over at uh, 5280sportsnetwork.com and on the 5280 Sports Network YouTube channel. Just give us a uh, search on YouTube, 5280 Sports Network. We recap all that. And then also the story uh, that I'll be writing here in just a little bit on uh, what they had to say. I don't want to dive too deep into it, Ryan. I, I think the thing that we should probably focus on more are some of the bigger picture items as opposed to the micro Right. Of what they said. Let's mm-hmm. talk macro of what it means. So one of the things that Ronald Leary and and, uh, and Max Garcia both talked about today was how Garrett Bowles, the first-round draft pick of these Broncos, is going to fit along this offensive line, how they're going to bring him into the system. Max Garcia kind of got a glint in his eye when he got asked about it, and he said, oh, he's going to have rookie duties. He's going to have rookie <laughs> responsibilities that he's got to do. Uh, and that's okay, but the reality is he's your starting left tackle. Yes. It's going to be Bowles, Leary, Paradis, Garcia, and then probably maybe Menelik Watson. 
but I'm not sold on that yet. I think we'll see a competition at right tackle. Yeah, I think I think we've been talking about who's going to play left tackle, and I think after the draft, that's been settled. Yes. So now it does move over to right tackle. Uh, you've had, before the draft, again, you had pretty much all right tackles. You know, I, I don't think you looked at the roster and said, oh, yeah, that guy could probably play left tackle. No. There's, there's I said Ty some... might be able to. Right. And that was, yeah, he might be able to, and he still might be able to. We'll see how he competes. We, we yeah. both thought he looked bigger. Um, but, yeah, if one thing that I'm really starting to see is is not that the Broncos just want to get nastier, and that's obvious that they do. The Broncos want to get nastier because it's going to play well with the scheme they're going for. They're going to go for the power. We're going to move you backwards, yeah. that type of thing. They, and so that's why I think Elway initially had that idea of what you know the Cowboys were doing with Ronald Leary, where it's like, you know what, this guy's a nasty guy. Let's just have him go attack him. We're sick of... The defensive line coming at our offensive linemen, just you know, doing spin moves like that's great. If you want to, you know, control the line of scrimmage, you have to go attack. And I think that's what we're seeing with not only the personalities, but the personalities on the offensive line will now fit that you know power scheme. And right now, it's just will it play out? I think they've got the guys that they wanted, the attitude that they want. Now they have to translate it to the field. And like you said, in May, it's just tough to see if that's even happening yet. No, you're you're right. Uh, it's it's going to be a competition, though, Ryan, and it's going to be interesting to watch as it develops because I think you've got four guys maybe mm. who are on this team who might not who will compete for that job. I mean, you'll have a big-name cut along the oh, offensive right, line. right tackle? Yeah, right tackle. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, like, you'll have Metalik, Ty. I think those two are pretty much the ones that I would say would Schofield. have the smallest chance of getting cut. I think Stevenson. Stevenson and Schofield, I think, are... You think Stevenson has a better likelihood of getting cut than Ty? Ty is going to be interesting to me because I think he can go one of two. He can go either way. Uh-huh. I think I could see Ty winning that right tackle job, mm-hmm. and I could see him getting cut. Right, and, and again, it's 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 how he has responded to his physical needs uh, in the offseason, what he's done in the weight room. I think if he gets in there, gets power to him, I think we'll start to see him improve. Uh, but if we see a bigger Ty Sambrello that's still getting blown by, I think you're right. I think then you would think, all right, well, maybe Stevenson is just a bit ahead of yeah. Ty at the moment. I mean, we'll we'll see how, how things work themselves out with mm-hmm. Ty. Uh, it, I think the kid can play. And we'll have to find out whether he, he fits this scheme. Right. I worry about that a little bit. But I think the kid can play. See, I don't know if he can play, but I haven't given up on him yet. He hasn't been healthy enough right. for you to render a judgment. Exactly. And the only time he was healthy, he played pretty well. It's a tiny amount of tape. It's two and a half yeah. games of tape. Yeah. But it at left tackle. But it's solid tape against uh Right. Against who was that first that home opener against that season? Uh, uh, the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens. And so that's that's the thing I think Ty has working against him is that yeah, it was that, that day, was that day game against the Ravens. Yeah, and that that his I think he played four games that year. Three. Or he three. got hurt in the in, third game of the year against the okay. Lions. So I think that was I think maybe his reputation was kind of put onto the shoulders that the offense that was the first year the offense wasn't good. You know, yeah. uh, it wasn't what it was in two, 2013, 2014. It wasn't terrible. But 2015, uh, I think fans mostly remember of how bad the offense was in those first four games. And I think that Ty being the left tackle at that moment 
kind of got a little blame put on him, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, well, Peyton doesn't have the time to throw and all that type of stuff, and it just wasn't. It was, it was you know, the same problems we saw last year and the year before, and um, I think that's it. So, again, I think I think you're right. I think people are, are too busy riding Ty off before he actually gets a chance to be his full self as an NFL player. I mean, I mean... I think he's got to get healthy. He looks like he's finally healthy. We'll see how he does in camp. That'll be the ultimate test yeah. when these guys start facing a live healthy. fire. Because, like, we, we've been talking about it. He hasn't been healthy since 2015. And speaking of 2015, Ryan Green, oh. I mentioned this in the video. Oh, yeah. I'm excited um, for this. Red Miller uh, was the lone, is going to be the lone inductee into the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame. A well-deserved honor. Red will turn 90 this fall, uh, the first head coach in the history of the organization to win an AFC championship game with them, led that Orange Crush era of the Broncos, an important piece of the Broncos' history that I think is forgotten by a lot of people today uh, far too often, partly because there are only a couple people in town with a living memory of <laughs> right. that era. Yes, um, yeah. Like it's Joe Sacamano, Jim Sacamano, yeah. excuse me, Sacco. Uh, it's Sacco, it's uh, it's Sandy Clough. Yeah. It's and that's that's about it. Um, yeah. Most guys who it's Irvin Joe and even they weren't on the air yet. I mean, it's it's a select few people in town who have a living memory of that era of the Broncos. But it's such an important piece of their history, and for Red Miller to get honored, I think is is really important. But when you think about the next few years in the Ring of Fame. And even the Hall of Fame, there are guys coming down the wire who are going to be pretty tough to keep out of there. Yeah. Including guys, Ryan, who are uh, were on that Super Bowl 50 team. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go through that some of the names on that Super Bowl 50 team, many of whom are still on this roster, talk about where they're at, where they're going, and whether you could see them being Ring of Famers or potentially Hall of Fame players. So we'll start, of course, under center, number 18, quarterback Peyton Manning, uh, still living in town, still doing stuff. Is he a Denver Broncos ring of famer? Someone can make the logical argument, and I won't Are you really going to debate this? Yeah, I am. Oh, my God. I am, because I don't know. This is not debatable. It's not debatable. Like, people are going to say that he was the second best quarterback in franchise history. He was the best quarterback in franchise history. Uh, For four years? Yeah. That's all you need. And he wasn't even at his best when he won the Super Bowl. I Again, if, if they put him up there, I, I'm not going to say that he doesn't deserve to be up there. But I just don't know if he... I think the majority of the NFL still thinks of him as a Colts. I think it's of course almost they do. to I think it's almost to the point where it's it's almost like the Avs hanging Ray Bork's jersey up in the Pepsi Center. Yeah. I don't know if it deserves to be there, but I understand why they put it there. Peyton Manning will absolutely be a ring of famer. The Colts, by the way, erecting a statue to Peyton and honoring okay. him by retiring his number in their first game of the season this year. Right. Against San Francisco. Uh as they should. Look, Peyton Manning's legacy for the most part, will be as a cult. You know, actually, let me flip that. There's a great saying in the NFL that I hear players use sometimes, that you earn your money in the regular season, uh-huh. and, you earn, and you create your legacy in the postseason. Okay. Peyton earned his money with the Indianapolis Colts. He earned the team money, too. But I will argue, Ryan, that the second chapter of Manning's career, that well, the final chapter of his career, 
that last five years, six years even, making the transition from Indy, sitting out the year with the injury, not being able to even grip a football, and then somehow a year later that first season throwing 37 touchdowns, Mm -hmm. and then the second season having, after not being able to throw a football two years earlier, having the greatest season a quarterback has ever had or Mm -hmm. will ever have statistically. Yeah, that's those numbers that you saw that 37-year-old quarterback put up, those aren't going to be matched anytime soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And he did those things as a Denver Bronco, and that's an important thing. That is a critically important part of the Denver Broncos' history. And then the last season he has, when he goes through the ups and downs, he throws all those interceptions, he struggles at times, and he finds a way to go through that adversity, adjust his role, and win a championship. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. Peyton Manning is absolutely a Denver Broncos Ring of Famer because of that story. Now, let me clarify when I say that he's the best quarterback in franchise history. I know people are going to jump on me for that. When I say that, I mean in terms of uh, ability. Like, who am I taking for one season? Who am I taking for one season? Okay. I'm taking Peyton over Elway. Now, who's the best quarterback in France? Who's the the most important quarterback in franchise history? If I'm ranking Denver Broncos quarterbacks, am I putting Peyton above Elway? No. Mm-hmm. But who am I taking for one season? Probably taking Manning. Okay. Um, that's that's that. So for me, Peyton is a ring of famer. Okay. I, again, I'm not going to argue that point. I think those points are logic logical, and I I get it. So. Again, I'm not going to argue it. I just think I just don't know. I, I I have the view of the Ring of Fame as these guys were Denver Broncos, the greatest Denver Broncos there have ever been. Yeah, and there's just John something, Lynch is up there, right? And 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 I that kind of just rubs me the wrong way just a little bit. And uh, again, I, I know you've said it. He's been to multiple Pro Bowls when he was Four-time here in Denver, Pro Bowl, right? So I, I'm I can't argue against it. I just don't know if. If he necessarily makes, I, maybe it's just my view of what I the think. Ring of the fame Ring is. of Fame is your contributions to the Broncos while you were here. Okay, what is how did those measure up compared to your peers at the time? Right, have you made a lasting impact on the legacy of the Broncos in the four or more years you were here? Mm-hmm. We'll get to a guy here in a second who was not here four years, okay. so he won't qualify for the Ring of Fame. Okay. Um, let's move on though. We disagree on Peyton, surprisingly. That one shocked me. Uh, running back, number 22, C.J. Anderson. I think C.J. is going to end his career on a different team. Yeah. Um, right. C.J. at one time had a projection that I thought was was pretty high. Um, yeah. I want to see... Is this the most important season for C.J.? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I would agree with um, that. I want to see how... Because they didn't... Because he's still going to be their number one back. Uh-huh. Um, even with Jamal Charles on this right. team. Right. Oh, yeah. It's still C.J. Anderson's job. But... The fact that they are continuing to look for other options there, Devontae Booker, Jamal Charles, it tells you that they're not real. I mean, Ronnie Hillman was the starting running back. Yeah, and then, look, I I, I love CJ's running style. I love his passion. I don't know that I've met a more passionate football player. Um, he shows his chip on his shoulder better than most people. Yeah, he, he, he carries it every yeah. day with him. And I admire that about the guy, but... I don't necessarily see him being a Ring of Fame kind of player for that team. Um, To move on to, we won't talk about the tight ends because Owen Daniels is not going to be a Ring of Fame. No. Uh, Receivers. Receivers. Let's go offensive linemen. Okay. Matt Paradis. 
Uh, he's got a long way to go for me. Uh, he's been off it, to a great start. It, based he's on been... the trajectory he's on right now. Because that's the only thing you can really judge. <sighs> if he retires right now, of course not. Is Tom Nalen in the ring of fame? He is. Okay, he's cool. almost a Hall of Famer, too. He should be a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, okay, okay, yeah. If he stays on what he's been doing the past two seasons, and he does it yeah. for... Another ten years? Yeah, if he plays uh, Another eight, eight years, to ten, yeah. I'd say yeah. I'd say As you got to consider Tom Nalen kind of his career, yeah. kind of career earns a ring. Just the rock. Earns a ring at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Centers your offensive line for yep. 10 years. Yeah. I think Matt Paradis is on a really nice trajectory. Um, that's the only lineman that I look at and say he's... I mean, Max Garcia, I think, could be, potentially. Um, but he's got a little ways to go. Max yep. has to get comfortable in his new spot. Uh, receivers. We'll start with the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Demarius Thomas. I don't see why not. If DT retires today, I think he's a ring of fame. I, I would agree. I think... Um, I think most people think of Rod Smith when they think of the franchise's best wide receiver, and I think he statistically still is. Yeah, but DT's um, right up there. But DT is right up there. In a much there, shorter amount ground. of time. And yeah, too. and if DT plays, what, five more years, six more years? If he plays four more, he'll have every right. record that there is in the book. If he, even if he plays out his current contract, mm-hmm. which I think has three more years. Absolutely. On it. And, and again, he's one of those guys where you also look at what he did for the organization off the field. He was yeah. never the diva receiver. You know, he I don't think he's ever had an off field issue. Yeah. Um so well, he had the Parish Cox thing at the beginning. He was oh, around right, the wrong people. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well there, that that whole team was a bunch of wrong people. Yeah. The, uh, um but, but yeah, Demaryius Thomas should easily be up there. Yeah, Dem D T is a ring of famer if he retires today. He is, in my opinion, the best receiver who's ever played here. Mm-hmm. And that's not a slide against Rod Smith. Rod was the ultimate outwork you guy. Yeah. Um, but I think he would even say that DT is far more talented than yeah, Rod ever was. I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and he's going to definitely it'd be in line for that gig. He's got to quit the drops. He's got to... He's, yeah. He needs more stability out of the quarterback position. I know. Yes, that's, um, I think that's the big part, and I want him to be healthy. Yeah, so he wasn't not, healthy at all last he's year. He's not catching the ball and when just that guy, immediately flinching. When that guy is right, though... He's top three in the NFL. He's amazing. He's... He's amazing when he's right. When he's mentally and physically right, mm-hmm. he is. He's amazing. Um, all right. Speaking of diva receivers, you mentioned him a second ago. <laughs> uh, the other side of the ball, Emmanuel Sanders. Now, Emmanuel, you know, is Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Is he a Denver Broncos Ring of Famer? I don't see how he gets there. He I based mean, he on. Needs I mean, to... he just signed a new contract that'll yeah. qualify him for the for the ring. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, at the moment. If Ed McCaffrey isn't on the Ring of Fame, yep. you know, I, I think you look at the same type of production from Emmanuel. He was the, I know he's a fan favorite, but he's still the number two receiver here behind Demarius. And I'm not saying he can't if he stays yeah. here for his, for the rest of his career and he has consistent thousand yard seasons. Yeah, put him up or put him up for consideration. Um, but just looking at the situation right now, looking at you know just kind of the future, I, I I think he's going to be a productive player. I just don't know if he's going to be the ring of famer you want. Yeah, I, I, I don't think of ring of fame with Emmanuel Sanders. I yeah. think good player, Pro Bowl caliber player, um, worked hard, contributed, but the years he was here, like I'd put Eric Decker in the ring of fame before I'd put Emmanuel Sanders in the really? ring of fame. Um, the years that he was here, I mean, his numbers have been good. They've never been great. Decker, those first two years with Manning, had some eye-popping numbers. Yeah. And part of that was obviously playing with Peyton at his peak. Um, but 
And Emmanuel kind of got Peyton. People forget the first half of 2014, Manning was on another MVP kind of tear. Yeah. And then he got beat to hell against the Rams. And that, that was, was kind of and that was kind of the end of the, the beginning of the end there, yeah. uh, but no, and I think we're both in agreement on Emmanuel. All right, let's yeah. talk about a couple defenders and then get out of here. Okay, uh, Von Miller. It, he's in. Yeah, if he's, he's in retired if he today. Retires he's, today. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Uh, he's probably the best player who's ever played for this franchise. Absolutely. In terms of raw talent, yes. physical ability. Yeah, just he's got it. He's just impact on an NFL he's game. Got to start compiling numbers though. That worries yeah. me a little bit because the numbers have been lower than I've expected them to be. Like the, the, I'll give you that. The film tells me he's amazing. Uh-huh. Like, he's getting double, triple teamed yeah. basically every play. Uh-huh. He's getting chipped at least. Like, he's getting a block and a chip at least, and then a quick throw. And they, But he's still got to start beating that. And he's got to start getting the quarterback more, like, 11 to 12 sacks a year. That's where he's at 11 and a half. That was his number last year, right? What was his number uh, I thought he was at 13. Let me, I'll look. Uh, all right, so let me let me just bring this into just a factor. You know, a lot of people have compared Vaughn to Lawrence Taylor. But back in the day, yeah. Lawrence Taylor was getting after quarterbacks who uh, the majority of the time lined up under center and had a five or seven step. 13 and a half step. last year. Okay. He was 11 the year before. Okay, so, so uh, you know, in terms of what Vaughn could do without a spread offense and the ball getting out real quick on screens and, yeah, having the tight end chip them and, and all that stuff. I, I think that people won't take that into account, but I think it needs to be. Um, and, 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 again, I will point out that Vaughn Miller had basically two sacks against the Jacksonville Jaguars by using the offensive lineman to bring down the quarterback yeah and on both those sacks Bradley Roby got his pick six and then it was the fumble at the end of the game to basically ice it and Vaughn did that by pushing an offensive lineman into the quarterback so it, it, I, I agree with what you're saying I think if if he's a guy only getting nine to ten sacks a year that could be a knock on him for it, it, if you're talking in the conversation when it comes of time for the ever. hall of fame yes yeah the, the hall of fame voters will look at that and say Let's see. So he has 73 and a half sacks over one, two, three, four, five, six seasons. 73 and a half divided by six. More than 10. More than 10 a year. So he's got 12.25 a year. That's impressive. I think that's so let's say decent. he plays another five years. Let's say he plays. Let's play. Let's say he plays another six years. Okay. He has a he has a um, 12 year NFL career. Okay. So 73 and a half times two. He just double. It's 147 sacks. That's a lot. If he can keep that pace up, he's yeah. not. He's in Demarcus Ware territory. Yeah. Um, he's not in, in LT Bruce Smith Kevin Green territory. Right. But he's he's obviously right up there. So yeah, Vaughn is a ring of famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, other guy, Demarcus Ware does not qualify because he did not play here long enough. He uh-huh. needed one more season. Uh, to qualify for the Ring of Fame. That's the only rule. You need to have been here for four years mm-hmm. uh, and then wait five. And he uh, he doesn't qualify. So he, he will not okay. be a Ring of Famer, unfortunately. If he did, would you? Mm, yes, but reluctantly. Okay. Because of not so much even for the on-field impact, even though he was great, especially during that right. playoff run, but for what he did for as a locker room presence, as a locker room presence, and in particular for Vaughn, for Vaughn and alone, and we've right. talked about that. Yeah, uh, Malik Jackson, no, no, Derek Wolf, 
Uh, he keeps going the way he's going. He could be that gritty guy. Yeah. Uh, the who does he compare to? Like on the ninety, like there aren't a lot of nineties. The nineties teams, the other championship. You know teams. who he compares to? Who? A, a Lyle Alzado. Mm, not yeah. not that insane because Lyle had some ah, issues. Ah, Derek. Derek oh, has some issues himself. Yeah, but it, it looks like at least off the field he keeps it to himself. No, yeah, Derek. Derek's been good. Um, so Just yeah, don't run right, into so him. So if you want to compare him to a Super Bowl. Wait, Mahatanavasa, like yeah. The thing with those ninety, it was a different scheme. The nineties yeah. defense was running; they were running like their big pass rushers were like Neil, Neil Smith and, and Alfred. And Alfred. Mm-hmm. Why is Alfred not in the Ring of Fame? By the way, he didn't. I know he didn't. I know he wasn't very productive here. Yeah, but you know what? Never mind. Nah, he probably shouldn't be Ring of Famer. <sighs> you watch that guy. This is like here's the thing about Al. Everybody talks about that guy as the big radio personality mm-hmm. now. That guy was a really, really good pass rusher. I think he, he was, was a. He is the best player that's ever played at the University of Colorado. I think he was too athletic for his position at that time. Yeah, he was a tweener. He was a tweener, and nowadays I think he would flourish because oh that's what God. that's what people are He's, looking he for. He would be Khalil Mack, right? He would because that's he who was, Alfred and he was be. so tall. He was quick. But, yeah, I remember watching his CU stuff, and I go, oh, it looks like he's a linebacker with his hand on the ground. You know? But he, he, he's amazing. Yeah. He was. He'd but, be Khalil Mack. Yeah. He, he would, Alfred Williams would absolutely be dominating the National mm-hmm. Football League. Uh, but that guy, um, yeah, I can't really make a comparison. I think Derek Wolf has a chance to be to okay. be that guy. I think, so you've got, what, six to seven potential Ring of Fame players. Whoa, you didn't even go into the secondary. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's at least um, one guy in the I, secondary that I think is. Chris Harris Jr. Yes. Um, is probably in line. I think Talib is in line. Um, yeah. I think maybe not TJ. We'll see. Because you can't put everybody on the team right. in the ring of fame. Maybe you just put no fly zone. No, you got, <laughs> you'd honor individual guys. You'd probably honor Chris. Yeah, I think Chris, I think out of all the four guys right now, yeah. Chris Harris Jr. has the strongest possibility. Yeah, he's, Talib is right up there too. Mm-hmm. Roby, we'll see what kind of trajectory he winds right. up on. Um, he'll be here. They they picked up his option, mm-hmm. so they'll he'll, they'll be here. I think they want him to be here for a long time. Yeah, they'll he'll be here. Uh, they want to figure out what they're doing with Talib. I think is the next step for them. Boy, that I don't. I think Talib, Roby and Roby and Harris on the I th- outside. I think Talib is one of those guys you really need to think about keeping, and that's for what he is for the locker room. Does he take a reduced role though? Ah, that's, Will he be the, your that's number, a good... Is he willing to be your number three? Because he's over 30, right? He's 30, 31. Now. So he's getting up there. Is he willing to be your number three cornerback? See, I don't. I think he could make the argument and say, why don't you just put Chris Harris at, at three? Why Bradley Roby and Chris just kind of... Well, they do. I mean, me but I'm talking... Side. They do in terms of actual play. Like, Chris plays the slot sometimes still, but it's when Bradley more and more is their nickelback. Yeah. Um, I think the jury's out. I guess um, I think Talib will probably be gone when his contract expires. So okay, so you don't think he ends his career in Denver? No, I think okay. he'll end his career somewhere else. I but think, that's I, I, I can only that. because when you've got a guy, when you've got a younger guy mm-hmm. who's cheaper, who's waiting, mm-hmm. you move in the younger guy who's cheaper, who's waiting. Okay, you know what I mean. I get that. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, what else? Do we have anything else to talk about? Oh, yeah, so we got like Not six much. to seven guys in the Ring of Fame. Yeah. Nothing really else to talk about. We'll be back out here, though. Yeah, we will. We'll keep grinding away. Um, we still got 30 minutes out of it. I know. How did we pull that off? <laughs> uh, I'll be I'll be frank with everybody out here. It's a little bit of a... It, we're starting to get into kind of the dull time yeah. in the NFL where it's just kind of waiting mm-hmm. at this point. Where 
you wait through OTAs, you get some stuff in OTAs, but we're really kind of getting to the point where we're waiting on training camp. Yeah, um, because the Because the roster is set, and we can talk now about how this team projects, mm-hmm. how things look. I, I'm willing to kind of talk about that a little bit more since the draft class is in here. We'll talk to the rookies on Saturday. Yeah. We'll have a. Uh, will you be here on Saturday? Uh, no, depending you have a on weekend, how early it is. You have a weekend producer. Yeah, it's if, in the morning, I, can, I think. Yeah, if it's at ten, it's I at eleven, I think. Yeah, I might be pushing it. All right, we'll, we'll talk. Um, but I will talk to the rookies at least, and okay. maybe bring you some sound from that. Uh, and we'll kind of see how this team projects. I'm yeah. looking forward, especially, not so much to seeing Garrett Bowles because I don't know how much we'll see out of Garrett Bowles. Right. I'm looking forward to seeing Carlos Henderson, Isaiah McKenzie, and Kyle Sloter. Yo, I'm all about Isaiah McKenzie. Are you? Yeah, I keep watching his stuff, and I go, "That's that could be a really big factor." Well, they've got a five nine. I'm not guy saying Tyreek Hill, but team. I um I could see them using him as a weapon. We'll see. I'm excited. We'll see how things work themselves out. I'll be out here, uh, and then also on Friday, the Broncos are going to help help uh, uh, 49ers general manager. John Lynch with his annual. Haven't they helped him enough? I know with his <laughs> annual a uh, charity event that he does at the stadium every year, still doing it, despite the fact that he now runs an NFL team. Uh, we'll be down there. I'll be down there probably on sound Friday. We'll, okay. we'll see. We'll see how things turn themselves out. Uh, but next time we'll talk about how this team projects, how things set up, what the rookies look like. We'll be here on Saturday to bring it all to you. Be sure to tune into that one. But for now and for everybody at 5280 Sports Network, He's Ryan Green. He's Jake Marsing. This is the Broncos Blitz on 5280 SN. Sweet. Oh, wait.